You are listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Today, we have more missionaries in studio. These are, oh, we've talked with you guys uh, quite a bit, and it's always fun to have the Sharp family in studio. You guys are serving the Lord in Uruguay, so we get to hear an update about what's happening in Uruguay on the field, what's next, how people can get involved. So all of that fun stuff. And you brought a third member of your family, too. So we, we get to talk with Maggie today as well. So we have the Reverend James and Angela Sharp and Maggie in the studio with us. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having Thank us. Thank you. I didn't turn the right mic on for you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> All right, so you guys serve in Uruguay. You've been on with us several times, but what's an overview of the work that you're doing, where Uruguay is located, some of the the more unique uh, facets facets of the field where you're serving? Uruguay is a small country in South America. It's between Brazil and Argentina on the Atlantic Ocean. It's about the size of Missouri, and there are about three and a half million people of them them, of them, of those people. (laughs) 1.6 million live in and around the capital, Montevideo, which is where we live. Okay. So what is some of the work that you get to do? I'm a church planter, so I'm working on starting new ministries for the Lutheran Church of Uruguay, our sister church there. And one of the things that I work on a lot is also leadership development, trying to identify and train and raise up new leaders for the Lutheran Church of Uruguay to be either lay leaders or to be pastors and deaconesses. And Indy, what about you? What do you get to do? My role is international educator, and that means I work with the church doing things to train Sunday school teachers and and help to organize children's ministry activities as outreach opportunities for the church. And I also teach English classes through the downtown mission and also in the school that we have in Uruguay. Okay. And so you guys are here... It's, I almost said December. It is January now. <laughs> it is January. <laughs> but but January in Uruguay looks very different than January in the Midwest United States, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Right now, actually, I'm on summer vacation. So this is my so summer weird. vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so when does, when does school start back for you guys? In March. The beginning of March, we'll start the new school year. And we usually end around the middle of December. And then there are some teacher things that we have to do after school ends. But usually the the beginning to middle of December, we're wrapping up the school year. Okay. And Maggie, you're in school right now. Well, you're not in school right now. What school year did you just finish? I just finished seventh grade. Okay. So you're going into eighth grade next year. Is that right? Yes. And what is school like for you in Uruguay? It's different. Yeah? How so? What's it like to... do? You, are your classes in English or in Spanish? They're in Spanish, but since our school is bilingual, we have both English and Spanish. Okay, that is very interesting. Now you're going into eighth grade in March, is that right? So what are you looking forward to going into your eighth grade year? When you're... because you'll be graduating from eighth grade to go into high school? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's exciting about eighth grade being at the top of your top of the school? Um, I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, that's all right. So after eighth grade comes high school. What are you going to be doing? Do you know what you're going to be doing for high school? I'm planning to go to St. Paul in Concordia, Missouri. Okay. And is that where the rest of your siblings go? Yes. That's very exciting. You looking forward to that? 
Yes. Very, very cool. So, Pastor Sharp, you mentioned leadership development is one of the things that you're doing. What does that look like? I'm not sure we've talked about that before. What does that look like for you? Well, I, I teach classes. I teach Bible studies. I teach uh, doctrine classes, other theology classes, whatever I can to train people, to give people more information, to build them up in their faith. But also part of it is seeing as you interact with people who might have the gifts and the interest to go on to a, another level, either to be really trained as a, as a key lay leader mm-hmm. or to enter into one of the training programs that we have for pastors and deaconesses that mm-hmm. we do through the seminary in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. What will the leaders that you're raising up be doing in the church body there? Hopefully, the, the well, the deaconesses, for example, will be doing mercy ministries. And right now we have we have three congregations and two missions and in those congregations now we have five deaconesses that are being trained and they will serve in mercy ministries they serve as a connection to the women of the congregation mm-hmm. they kind of specialize in women's ministries and and mercy ministry and they're a help to the pastors we have two men who are studying in a program it's called FPH which stands for pastoral formation for hispanic america and we have two men who are studying in that and the idea for those two men will be to start new churches and to plant new churches. Mm-hmm. What does the church body look like there in Uruguay? There's one main congregation that was founded in 1936, actually, and has been there for a long time, and it's right next to the school, the school and the church are on the same campus. Mm-hmm. And then there are two other congregations that are in other part, well, one in another part of Montevideo and, and one up in the north. And then we have missions that are being operated out of those congregations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about three missions right now. Okay. How has that all grown over the last few years? Because I, I know every time you come back, there's there's something that's been happening. And, and, and I, I understand that what's happening now is, is a lot of that's new since a few years sure. ago. Sure, yeah. The, when we first got there, there was really just the one congregation in Montevideo. And they had begun to serve a small house church, basically, in Chappaqui in the north. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was helping. I was going up to Chappaqui quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that ministry has expanded the point that we got a building built up there. Mm-hmm. And now we have an alliance missionary from Brazil, Pastor Mike Schiefer Decker, who is mm-hmm. serving up there. And so he's planting more churches out of the church in Chappaqui. So he lives in Salto, which is a big city 200,000 people close to Chepequi and is planning a church in Salto and then the idea is also to plant more missions in, in the area around around there and then we have a lot of members that are moving to the east of Montevideo that's a kind of a growing suburban area and so we're working out there now and we have a few Bible study house church type groups mm-hmm. out there and uh, then the goal is to get those groups as they get to critical mass together to form a congregation yeah. and that's all new since we got there yeah that's really cool yeah. what is it what does a day in a life look like for a church planter you're talking about all of these different mission congregations and bible study groups and, and stuff that's pretty spread out what does yeah. that look like for you to, uh, to do that i spent a lot of time in the car uh, <laughs> not as much as i used to not as much as when i had to drive five hours up to chip creek cool. but uh, <laughs> you know i spent a lot of time in the car zipping around between different places and uh, you know, it might be going to do some visits in the morning downtown Montevideo and then going out in the afternoon to have a Bible study in 
the east mission, the, we call it Costa de Oro, is the, the area out to the east of Montevideo. It might mean meeting on a Zoom with one of my students, my theology students. It might mean in-person Bible study. And I, I do move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's not super static. We had a downtown mission that we closed. Uh, we're moving into a bigger space. And so during that time when we didn't have a physical location, well, part of it was during, obviously during the pandemic when we mm. couldn't really do much anyway, but <laughs> when we went pretty much online. But even then, since then, since things have reopened, we've been doing a lot in, in members' houses and stuff like that, So, mm-hmm. which is not bad. It's good because one of the things we're trying to do is to build sustainable congregations. Mm-hmm. And so we want them to take ownership of what's going on. And so now we're we're building to the point where as these groups come together, they're going to be the ones that find a space to meet in and they're going to be the ones that with their offerings pay for it. And so we're making a healthy congregation instead of something that might be dependent uh, for the long term on uh, funds from outside. Yeah, that sounds like a, a really great long term plan for yeah, you guys. That's the plan long yeah. term. Yeah. So, Angie, how long have you guys been on the field in Uruguay? We've been there for almost nine years. It'll be nine years at the end of January. So how have things changed for you and in the school, all of the the more educational things that you've been doing? How has that grown over those nine years? That's such a long time. (laughs) It is a long time. When people ask how long we've been there and I'm like, oh, we've been there. Wow, it's been nine years. And, (laughs) And really, I see the biggest difference and the most growth in me, really, because when we moved there, I didn't even speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. And so I my first few years, it was just me learning the language and getting to know people and trying to use the Spanish I was learning, which was a, a little bit of a struggle at 30 <laughs> some years old. And so it's really nice now to see how far I've come and, and the growth that has been possible Thanks, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to to be serving in the church, doing children's ministry and now mm-hmm. serving in the school. So it, it kind of started uh, as a, a big mix of things that I was doing through the church and through the school. And now I have classes, more classes in the school than I've had before. So I'm teaching math classes and English classes in the school. Okay. And you teach in, do you teach in Spanish? No, I don't okay. do any teaching in Spanish, <laughs> but it's important to know Spanish. But because our school is a bilingual school, we have a bilingual program. My students who are seventh, eighth and ninth graders, by that time, by that age, they are mostly fluent in English. So they are learning math in English and and taking English like as a, a language. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool for, for them. I wish uh, I had an opportunity to like learn some, a subject in a different language. That's mm-hmm. that's a really cool thing for them to be able to, to do. We need to take a quick break. We have the Sharp family with us in studio today. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live Uncommon. 
Showing support for KFUO is now easier than ever. You can sport a KFUO shirt, swag, or even socks by visiting our online store. Go to kfuo.org slash store and order high-quality KFUO-branded merch. You no longer need to wait for our annual share for a chance to show your KFUO spirit. Visually share and wear this ministry out in the world by checking out our selection. Every purchase helps to support our proclamation of Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Go to kfuo.org slash store. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. We are visiting with the Sharp family today, the Reverend James and Angie and Maggie in studio today. And so you guys are home on home service. How long of a home service do you have this time? Usually it's around two to two and a half months. Mm -hmm. And so part of that time is, you know, we're meeting up with places, congregations that we that support us and mm-hmm. some part of that time is sometimes meeting new people mm-hmm. i actually really like home service it, it a lot of people ask you know what is that like because you're you're traveling basically for two months that's a long time but i i kind of like sharing about about what we do even though there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of staying in hotels and eating out a lot which gets tiring after a while it's a a really beautiful thing to be able to share what's going on in uruguay to the people who make it possible Mm -hmm. and were you guys here were you here or were you in uruguay for christmas this year we were here for christmas this year so we kind of switch on and off so (laughs) this year christmas in the united states next year christmas in uruguay very different things because christmas in uruguay it's about barbecue and being outside and going swimming and things like that yeah i was going to ask what your christmas traditions look like in the states i think we've talked with you guys about your christmas traditions in uruguay what does it look like when you're here in the states then well it's it's hard because we're not we're home but we're not really home i Mm. mean we're staying either with angie's parents or with her sister or something like that and so it's not it's not the same as being in our house Mm -hmm. with our family uh, it's nice, though, to be uh, – Angie has a particularly large family, and they all get together and hang out, and, and it's a really good time. But, you know, we went to went to church at her home congregation, or our home congregation, Zion and Denison, Iowa, and just Shirky family Christmas and Freeze family Christmas <laughs> and all the, the Iowa trappings of, of Christmas. And it was cold. We didn't have snow yet, but uh, it was pretty cold. So it was nice because it's weird to be in summer – and have Christmas. We miss all the snow and cold and winter wonderland. Eggnog. Oh yes, eggnog. I had a lot of eggnog <laughs> December. Yeah, because Christmas in Uruguay is is shorts and barbecue. Is that oh, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Now, Maggie, you get to be on home service right now too. What do you look forward to when you get to come back to the United States? Mostly, like when we come back for winter, I look forward to snow because it. Never snows in Uruguay. I also look forward to seeing my cousins and my uncles and aunts and like all my family, my brothers, and yeah. your sister. Yeah. See, in Spanish, you just say <laughs> brothers, hermanos, and that means brothers and sisters, but she also misses her sister. <laughs> That's true because you're you, you get to play only child right now, right? Because all of your siblings are, are in high school. In the States while you're in Uruguay still. What is that like for you? It's really weird 
because like we used to have a lot of people in the house and it was like really busy and <laughs> like always noisy and now it's just like only me mm -hmm. and it's really quiet and like kind of weird yeah yeah well you you'll get to go to high school in a little bit and have all, all the wild and crazy and, and loud back in your life <laughs> andy what is that like for you in the house because you've been on the field for nine years so the kids have grown up mm -hmm. on the field what is that like for you in the just the family transition of of kids growing up and going away to to boarding school for high school well moving to Uruguay was a, a big leap at, in the beginning you mm -hmm. know moving to a different country where they also didn't speak Spanish when we moved mm -hmm. and I think they all learned very quickly and they all speak Spanish very, very well, better than I ever will speak Spanish. So I'm really proud of them for that work that they've already done. And I think in some way it kind of prepared them for what was to come, mm. you know, being able to be a little bit more independent and, and kind of learn how to find your bearings in new places and new situations and making new friends in a different culture. Because even moving back to the United States, they were returning to a different culture, right. yeah. one that they haven't lived in for a really long time. But I was really proud of them for being able to do that and, and learning a lot in the process. And they've they've been doing really well at mm -hmm. St. Paul in Concordia, Missouri. So we're very blessed to have that school for, for my kids and they're doing well. Yeah. James, what is it like for you with the changes in family life over the last nine years? Yeah, it's funny because I remember when we first started, Missionary Gary from Mission Central would always introduce us as this young family, this young family, <laughs> and we're not a young family anymore. I'm not young anymore. My kids aren't young anymore, and it's it, we're a very different family than we were when we got there for lots of reasons. Just living abroad for nine years has has changed us all. You know, my kids all grew up bilingual and bicultural, and but now you know with the the older three all at St. Paul. It's, you know, it's not ideal. I, I It's not like I want my kids to live 6,000 miles away from me. But we're very happy with the education they're getting. We're very mm -hmm. happy with the kind of Christian formation that they take very seriously at at St. Paul. So, you know, and we, we get to see them fairly regularly. They come home for, well, home. They, <laughs> I don't know what I mean when I say they come home. They they come to Uruguay. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they spend their summer vacation in the winter down there yeah. and and we're able to swing by every once in a while and so i the joke i always make is what's the difference between elias sitting in his room playing video games upstairs and elias sitting in his room playing video games six thousand miles away it's functionally very similar i don't see him very much you know so that's the joke but it's you know i'm proud of them they've all yeah. done very well yeah you know the, they're all three in choir and they've mm. all found kind of their niches and it's something that's great about a school like that, that they really encourage kids to to try new things and, and there's room for them to do so. And, mm -hmm. you know, St. Paul has kids from all over the world. They have yeah. other missionary kids. They have kids yeah. from Asia. They have kids from Europe. They have kids from Africa, Latin America. And so they've had a really neat experience, you know, a very cosmopolitan experience in this small town in, in western Missouri. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is a really, a really great experience for young people to have yeah. have that kind of exposure to people from all over, especially as missionary kids, being able to be friends with other missionary kids right. that kind of understand that third culture yep. oddness when Absolutely. you're from the states and live somewhere else and come back and it's not actually the same. Mm -hmm. So, and you're not the same, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Wow, that's that's a, an, an interesting you know way of way of growing up mm-hmm. on the mission field. So what's what's coming up? What's new? Is is anything new that on the mission field that that's happened since we've talked to you last in what was that April of last year? Yeah, wow. I think the biggest thing is we're looking to do more things than we are currently. So we're looking okay. to invite more short-term teams to come visit us. There's a lot of work to be done in mm. the school because we have a bilingual school. English speakers there is a very exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And so we've had some short-term teams in the past come and visit us with great success. All the kids are talking about it. They're yeah. so excited. <laughs> and it's really just a, a positive experience. And we do have one group scheduled for May. And so we're getting ready for that. We're doing some of the preparations while we're here, and we'll continue to prepare for that team in May. And after that, we hope to have more. There's always always work to be done. Yeah. yeah. We have a good team that that is well built to take advantage of the presence of short-term teams to advance the ministry, and that, that's important. And, you know, like Angie said, because it's a bilingual school, you don't have to know any Spanish, and it, you can get by without just pantomimes and smoke signals and stuff that, that you have to use sometimes to communicate cross-culturally. You know, they, they really are interested in that. And it gives both uh, the the school and the church a, a boost. And we're also hoping not just to have more short-term missionary teams, but we're really trying to find missionary teachers, especially who might uh-huh. be interested in coming and serving in Uruguay, either as uh, day school teachers in, in the San Pablo school or helping Angie with our outreach-based uh, English classes. Oh, that's very exciting to have yes. that goal. What are some of the things that the short-term teams have done in the past? Angie. <laughs> Sorry, that was... Sarah looked at me, and I don't know as much as Angie. Angie. <laughs> it's my department. <laughs> short-term teams usually do a, a mix of things. We have... All of our students take Christian education classes, mm-hmm. and... It, being a Christian in Uruguay is a really different experience because you're really part of the minority. And so seeing people from somewhere else who are also Christian is is kind of like a boost. Like, I'm not alone, you know? And so them being able to visit the Christian education classes and say, you know, I'm a Christian, this is what I believe in, and sharing that mm-hmm. not only helps the Christian education teacher, it also helps those students in the in the class who are Christian. And also they work with the English classes. And a lot of these students are learning English because they're in a bilingual school or because their parents want them to, et cetera. But there's just something different about speaking with a native English speaker and using all of that stuff that you've been studying for so long. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wow, I understood that. I knew what to say. And it's really exciting for them. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to find that balance of doing that that Christian part of it, being a witness and, and working them in and to show them there are Christians all over the world. You're not alone. You're part of us. And also using those specific English skills that are very valuable to our students. Mm-hmm. So the the team coming up in May, uh, what are they going to be doing on the field with you? So they will be visiting some of the Christian education classes and actually leading a class. Oh. So usually we'll do some sort of Bible story or, or theme for that time. And we'll have some sort of hands-on activity. For the little kids, we tend to have little crafts. <laughs> and that actually 
becomes an important part because it's something that they have that they can remember the group that was there. Mm-hmm. And then they also go to youth group and the Bible studies and the English classes that I have. And they talk about where they're from. They talk about themselves, their hobbies. Mm-hmm. But it's also about building relationships. And some of those relationships have stood over time that we have students that still talk to some of our youth in Uruguay because of that experience that they had together. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So where are you off to next on home service? Sunday, I will be at my home congregation in East Molina, Illinois, St. John's. Shout out to Quad Cities. (laughs) And then we begin really the great trek and we'll go from there to Fort Wayne, Saginaw, Michigan, Mm -hmm. Ithaca, New York, Eldersburg, Maryland, and then back to Wood River, Illinois, on the other side of the river. Yeah. And then Zion, Denison, Iowa, and then heading back to Uruguay. So, All right. And there will be a few other stops, a few school chapels and stuff like that in between those Sundays. But Fantastic. Telling people about all the great work that you've been able to do in Uruguay over the last couple of years. It's very exciting. Well, you'll be in our prayers always as uh, missionaries on home service with all the wonderful things happening. How can we follow your work and uh, learn more about supporting you and also serving on, on some of those short-term teams coming up? You can check out our Synod website. It's lcms.org slash sharp. We also have our own website oh. called sharpmission.org, S-H-A-R-P mission. Org. There's no E in my name, Sharp. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to update that more. I'm not the world's greatest webmaster, but mm-hmm. uh, we're working on it. So, And then we're on Facebook, Sharp Mission and stuff like that. And we love to hear from people and answer their questions and keep them updated on what we're going to do. Fantastic. The Reverend James and Angie and Maggie Sharp in studio with me. Thanks so much for joining me today on The Coffee Hour. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.